0: Hello, aloha, and welcome to episode 19 of Cutting It Close with Cliff Bailey. I am your host, Cliff Bailey. Now, we did uh, miss last week's release date. However, we did have this one in the can. I just, uh, it's, been, it's been crazy. It's been absolutely nuts. I am uh, racing to get the pilot done for Return to Life, my uh, sci-fi post-apocalyptic fantasy web series. Totally got that order wrong. And uh, yeah. That and school and other things, personal things. It's it's just been nuts, but uh, we're more or less back in track. We've got uh, today's episode and then next week. Nothing on the docket after that. Not sure if we're gonna take a little break, an indefinite break, or if we'll pick right back up once things kind of settle out with uh, this other project. But for now, today Patrick Tyrell, a local comedian, uh, comedian promoter, and actor. Uh, I really enjoyed talking with uh, this fellow. I first met him about, I guess, two years ago. A little over two years ago, shortly after Stormy was born. I was doing behind the scenes work for Potluck with Smooch for my good buddy Dick Diamond, who was on the podcast a few episodes back. You should check out that conversation. Lots of people say it's pretty pretty cool, and I hope this one is as well. Anyway, uh, it's the first time I I really um, encountered him and uh, talked with him in the form of interviewing him for the behind the scenes thing and haven't really had a chance to to uh, sit down one-on-one with him and just you know get acquainted so uh, that's the podcast afforded that opportunity and I hope you enjoy our conversation so that's it um, let's see other thing though return to life the pilot is coming along quite nicely. Just got uh, the rest of this week to really finish up the visual effects, and then our sound guy Caleb is going to do the final mix, put his magical touch on it to make it sound as good as possible. And then it's off to South by Southwest by Wednesday, hopefully, that's their official deadline. Would really love to make it by then, and not get caught into the late deadline segmentation. But uh, it's very exciting. It's coming along quite well, getting great feedback and uh, good criticisms from folks, helping to sharpen it and make it the best it can possibly be. So it's been a bit stressful, but uh, great. So anyway, back to the task in hand. Episode 19, Cutting and Close with Cliff Bailey and Patrick Tyrell. A
1: very good uh, broadcasting voice. Thank, Thank you very much. much. Uh, uh it's, it's
0: weird because when I was in a directing class last semester, mm-hmm. my teacher was trying to get me to speak with a normal voice. And he said, You're talking in an announcy voice. I need you to talk in your normal voice. I'm like, This is my normal voice. <laughs> Slightly exaggerated right there, but. Sure, sure. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're going. Everything's going. We seem to be at a good level turn the game down is that going down that's going down okay great. I, I can't see that's, <laughs> talking, yes. you're talking to yourself or your, your computer to okay. yes <laughs> um, and yeah, yeah we'll get this little guy going here because I like the. it's part of the Patreon I was mentioning hmm. um, one of the reward tiers is to get behind the scenes footage
1: oh, okay uh, that's, that's one of the bonuses is yes. seeing our faces
0: yes lucky them I know right <laughs> So, this is Patrick. Hi. This is our microphone. Patriots.
1: Patricks. Yes. Patriots.
0: This is uh, the one microphone setup we're using uh, for, for this. And we'll just see if the lens is wide enough. Thrilling. Cool. Oh, nice. And everybody.
1: Well, you can't sit back. You're gonna have
0: to lean yeah. in. Oh yeah.
1: For everybody to MSNBC, see you. Yeah. probably hear you better. Man.
0: Yeah, that too. Uh, so yeah. Okay. So we're talking about um you you retired from Marines? I did. Okay. I was inferring that actually, we didn't talk about it. Um so okay. Um shoot. Uh, how long were you in the Marines for? You say you retired? twenty retired Twenty years twenty years. Twenty years. 20 years. Wait, yep. How old are you? Forty five. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I thought we were about the same age. Aren't we? Yeah, no, I'm fifty. I'm oh, just kidding. <laughs> I, I see you look older now. But, uh, um, wow. Good okay. How oh, come? What did you do in the Marines? Uh,
1: the last couple of years before I retired, I was an athletic reconditioning coordinator for. Okay. Uh, so basically, anybody who ended up with the wounded warriors, I helped them find and. Find some kind of a sport that they enjoyed doing, nice. and made them do it. Awesome. And uh, until they didn't like it anymore, mm-hmm. that's what Marines do. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> before that, I was uh, with the infantry. Mm-hmm. I had a couple of tours in Iraq with the infantry, and I was artillery for my first uh, fifteen or so years. Wow.
0: Okay. Uh, and so, did you join right out of high school or college? No, was no. I
1: um, I joined when I was twenty, almost twenty-one. Okay. Uh, I didn't graduate high school okay I left a little bit early because you know the parents on the farm and uh, now that's not true (laughs) that's that's I just wasn't very interested in school so uh, everybody thought it would be better for me to work So I did some factory jobs and uh, had a bunch of jobs. And before I joined the Marine Corps, I had three jobs. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, this is not a way to uh, start my life. (laughs) So yeah, so I joined the Marines. Wow,
0: three jobs. Um, So what was, um, if you don't mind, what was your family life
1: like? Uh, Suburbs. uh, I'm white, if you're just listening and not uh, looking. But you can probably tell that by my voice anyway. (laughs) But um, yeah. mother and father, married up until my dad died uh, about eight years ago, oh, okay. and, um, you know, a brother, a sister, mm-hmm. park across the street, played a lot of sports, um, all my, I'm from Rochester, New York, so okay. nobody left Rochester, New York, I was, yeah. like, one of the first people, like, my everybody in my immediate and extended family were all within miles of each other. And we, you know, celebrated Thanksgiving and Christmas mm-hmm. and everything all together and That's cool. everybody was happy. And,
0: yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I don't think I've been to upstate New York mm-hmm. when I was a wee lad. Rochester sounds familiar. I think I had a friend who lived there and moved to North Carolina. That would be impossible. Oh
1: yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, like I said, I'm the only one that's escaped.
0: Oh, okay.
1: No, uh, Rochester's was great growing up. It mm-hmm. was uh, like a blue-collar town, um, a lot of uh, GM and Kodak and Xerox and uh, mid- middle management and blue-collar workers there. So
0: You had
1: three jobs? Yeah, they weren't. I mean, I worked at Wendy's. I worked at Sears selling sporting goods, and I had my own company where I um, – would go around to uh, places on Lake Ontario and try and set up um, where sailboats would come in and they would uh, make party packages. Like, sailboats would come in and they would um, have a sailing and dining experience, and I would get commission off of that.
0: Your own company? So you started it? That was like a... yeah,
1: yeah, I started. It was called Sale Experience. That's cool. And uh, I would get commission off both ends of the, the dining end and the sailing end.
0: This is when you were in high school. Uh,
1: after I got out. So after I was okay. like 18, 19. Okay. That's I also, um, there was this really good deal that this company gave. It's kind of like Groupon, before Groupon. Okay. And they would offer this bunch of... Uh, oil changes and alignments and everything else for like this really good price Mm -hmm. and I was like oh that sounds like such a great deal Mm -hmm. How about if you give me commission if I sell those for you Mm -hmm. and they they thought it was a good idea I thought it was a good idea the people uh, that I was selling it to did not think it was a good idea because oh. nobody bought them oh. <laughs> uh, because I was an 18 year old kid who mm. was going door to door trying to sell them and it probably looked like a scam. But
0: mm. yeah. What motivated you to do that? Cause that takes initiative. Mm. Money. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, well I've always been,
1: um, entrepreneurial, yeah. uh, trying to look at ways to, uh, make money. Okay. Um, And if I found a way that I thought would make money and uh, it didn't cost me too much Mm -hmm. or, you know, uh, very little investment, then uh, I would try it.
0: That's awesome. And that, uh, I guess, well, were you able to carry that through uh, your experience in the Marines? Or did that kind of take a side? It it, it
1: did because, uh, of course, the Marines have their policies and procedures. So Mm -hmm. straying too far away from those was uh, often frowned upon. But there's always... um, there's always a better way to do some things. Mm-hmm. And uh, if, you, if you're if you looking at a different angle, which I think me, that's what comedy is, is kind of just looking at life through a different angle. So mm-hmm. um, I think I've always done that, and uh, both entrepreneurially and uh, comedically. It just, I don't know, I think it's made me a, a happier person. Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, comedy, how did you get into that? How long have you been doing it?
1: So I think I started in 2012.
0: Okay, six
1: years ago. And I went to a bar with a, a, another Marine friend of mine, mm-hmm. and there was a comedy show that was happening right outside where we were sitting, and they tried to put curtains in the way so that it would be exclusive, and uh, okay. nobody else would be able to see it outside. It was a big bar, mm. um, and we were just outside, but we could see, everything inside mm-hmm. there we weren't front row by, by mm-hmm. far but we can see the comedians and we can hear the comedians mm-hmm. um and they tried to charge us five bucks to, to watch them <laughs> and uh so we would t- we'd still have a conversation but we'd look over at some of the comedians every once in a while and listen to them there wasn't much of an audience there was like mm-hmm. five people in the audience and we, the comedians were absolutely horrible and um i said well if if that's the bar Mm-hmm. You know, I could at least be not funny. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's, uh, so I asked where they, asked where they, uh, performed at and found out where an open mic was and went and checked it out the next week. Mm-hmm. Um, got yelled at by one of the comedians for not smiling or laughing. And I was like, Oh, really? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I I'm a, and I said, uh, my excuse was I, I was, I'm a Marine, so I, it's hard to make me laugh. Mm-hmm. But in all honesty, it wasn't funny right? so uh, so I wrote some jokes and uh, got on stage and found it to be very natural nice. and uh, some of my jokes went over pretty well well enough for me to keep going yeah,
0: yeah. that's awesome yeah. Uh, have you I mean so that was that was your moment of inspiration to take action but has it kind of a, has it been something you've, you've been into your whole life would you say like um, I guess what I'm getting around to saying is I uh, I don't know what I'm going to say. So the
1: t- <laughs> t- <laughs> My family's sense of humor is kind of uh, kind of stuck with me. Like okay. my, my father and my, my grandfather and my aunt and uncles on the Tyrell side have mm-hmm. always had kind of a, a decent personality, if you ask the Tyrells, if you mm-hmm. ask other people, like their spouses or whatever, maybe not so much, I but i I've, I've always loved stand-up uh, w- mm. when i was younger and uh, comedy central first came out it was all stand-up comedy just mm. little bits of stand do you remember that
0: I I, I I didn't i didn't get into it until um, early 90s when we had cable okay well uh, like 93 i want to say yeah that was
1: probably that's probably when all the shows came out on I comedy re- central and everything but I it re-
0: yeah, I remember MST3K, I remember SCTV, the sketch comedy stuff. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, the I didn't really watch any of the stand-up stuff at that time. I'd only, I'd only been exposed to Bill Cosby uh, through The Cosby Show, then found out he was a stand-up comic. This was before all the mess was revealed. Um, and some Richard Pryor. Okay. Because um, he was in Superman 3, I found out he was a stand-up comic. But never actually watched any of it, I think and then hearing Eddie Murphy uh, being discussed amongst my older sister's peers, but never actually listening to it. A lot of black comedians. Yeah, I just realized that.
1: that, Is is there a reason for that? It just happens.
0: Okay. Yeah, so.
1: Well, they were very popular at the time, and you knew they were comedians. I think the the white comedians that had shows, probably just thought they were actors
0: well I like uh, yeah I guess so uh, I remember digging Steve Martin on okay. some old SNL stuff and I, I didn't quite I feel like he was referenced on Muppet Babies because <laughs> Fozzie Bear would wear the arrow on his head sometimes and that would, I guess the animators wink at the adults you know like we're hip or whatever but uh, yeah okay Yeah, but enough about me more about you
1: oh we can talk about us <laughs> well there's no us yes um I watched, I watched a lot of... So, I, I would sit there for hours and just watch clips of stand-up comedians over mm-hmm. and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And I also would watch uh, Late Night, like Johnny Carson oh, yeah, and David sure. Letterman and uh, mm-hmm. um, those dudes. And I, they had their monologues in the beginning, which mm-hmm. was basically just a stand-up comedy act. Right. And uh, I would enjoy them. so I've always loved stand-up.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, so those would be like your main influences? Who would, you, who would you say are your
1: main influences? Like, who do you look up to, and or who do you laugh at the hardest? I, I get this question a lot, yeah. <clears throat> and there, I just love good stand-up comedy. I like, mm-hmm. and I have a horrible memory, <laughs> uh, but uh, like I said, Johnny Carson was great, and Letterman was great, in their deliveries, and uh, their quick wit, uh, which mm-hmm. is what I really appreciate. Not so much the stand-up, the act of it, but. Uh, the quick wit that they were when they were interviewing and stuff. Mm-hmm. so that's more of an improv thing but sure. um, uh, Stephen Wright I would say oh. do you know Stephen Wright? I don't he's a guy from Massachusetts he looks uh, he's, he's got like balding hair but it poofs out on the side and he does all just one liners Okay. just like um, I bought uh Dehydrated water. I'm not sure what to add, or I, I have a tattoo of my body, um, actual size, or um, just just things that you don't think about that he thinks about.
0: Kind of um, like Mitch Hedberg.
1: It's, he was Mitch Hedberg before Mitch Hedberg. No kidding. Yeah. Okay, but just not not. He was more. He was he was less stoned. In more like he was on volume, mm, okay. so he very straight. Okay. Uh, did you know Mitch Hedberg had a? Uh, Not personally. Did you know he had a fear of crowds? Did I had no idea. He, oh. he, like he would do his sets, laying down, looking at the ceiling. Really? Yeah. Oh, I know. Some idea. of them, but he. That's why he grew really long hair, and oh. he very rarely looks at the audience or whatever. That's he's amazing. always, yeah, he has a fear of crowds, oh. but. Uh, thank God he got up there and did his thing when he did it. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. Um, How did you end up in Hawaii?
1: Uh, The Marine Corps. Okay. Uh, Which was a request of mine that I guess I... And you actually got it? I I did. So the way I got it was, uh, so we have what's called monitors, and I don't know what they're called. You were in the Navy, right? Yes. So in the, in the Marine Corps, they're monitors, and they control where you go for your certain jobs. Okay. And like a detailer? Like a detailer. Yes, oh, okay. that's right. Yours are a detailer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would call mine up all the time just to say hi. Oh. And nobody else did that. They would all call up demanding or wanting something. Mm-hmm. So I would call up, and they'd go, what do you want? And I'd be like, I just called to say hi see how you're doing. Mm-hmm. Huh. Well, I'm doing fine. Thanks for asking. Mm-hmm. Um. See you later. All right, see you later. And Mm -hmm. I do that every so often. And then finally I called up and, what do you want? Mm I want to go to Hawaii. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, I have this position open in August 2006. I'll take it. Boom.
0: Nice. That's awesome. Um, You seem too smart to be a Marine. Oh, thank you,
1: thank you, and I'm not smart.
0: I, I feel had, weird taking all. digs like that. I feel like I was that was obligatory because everyone makes fun of them. Every all the brains well, make fun of, of each other, but right. I don't know. I feel that's ah, just not me. I don't know. Unless
1: it I, came from somewhere.
0: Well, it came from somewhere because yeah. you like, have
1: it written down. The, no,
0: yeah, <laughs> it's um, your right there. You've seen two all, smart All paper. of um, uh, uh, the the way I got into the navy was an old. Family friend who was in the Marines, like back in Vietnam during the the, the war, um, recommended it to me because I was at a low point in my life and he's like, okay. "Join the join the military, maybe not the Marines though." And I was like, "Okay." So I looked at the other branches and landed on Navy. So from time to time, he, whenever I'm back in North Carolina, he he likes to take little digs like, you know, "Oh, where's your ice cream scoop?" and you know that kind of. Thing. What branch was he in? Marines. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was a But
1: he, he didn't recommend the Marines. Uh, right. he said everything about the
0: Marines. Yeah, pretty much.
1: Okay, <laughs> and I was okay with that. But um, I almost joined the navy. Oh, okay. Back in the Gulf War. Okay. My, my buddy was in the navy, and I was like, again, I wasn't doing anything, mm-hmm. whatever, and uh, didn't have much to do or much to think about. So I was like, ah, maybe I'll join the navy. First And Gulf then War? I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 First Gulf War.
0: Ninety-three, right? Uh, it it's must have been before, 91. 91, okay. Because I joined in 93. Oh, okay. So
1: Yeah, I think it was 91. Mm, and I was like, oh, I think I'll join the Navy. And I was like, uh, mm-hmm. I didn't think about it long, but mm-hmm. I thought about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, what made you choose, yeah, what made you choose the Marines over any of the other branches?
1: They were supposedly the hardest. Okay. I was pretty uh, athletic and mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. What a challenge. Yeah. Right uh, and the I like I said I'm not very smart and I knew <laughs> Marines weren't very smart and I thought I could fit right in. Uh, um,
0: yeah, I felt like like because when I was a kid this guy like he I, I looked up to him because he didn't, he didn't make a big deal out of himself being one, but he, like he had I don't know if it was PTSD, but you couldn't sneak up on him. Like you couldn't do like a little like boom right, you know, kill you. He basically yeah. yeah. But um, I remember. Going on a family trip with their family to the beach he broke up a fight between these two dudes behind a laundromat i was like wow he can do anything he's a marine so i was looked up to them and if i had if i joined at a much younger age because i joined when i was 31 um, i probably would have gone for that or the army and just in my experience with the branches i feel like if i had gone with the army when i joined the navy then i might have wound up doing that as a career because and i don't see that as necessarily a good thing. Um, I'm starting to talk out of my ass now. Um, just just the, the, I feel like I, I'm i just going to stop it right there. I'm, I'm not, I don't know. I'm just
1: well, the the thing about career in the military yeah. is I'm done.
0: Yeah, you made it. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I.
1: and I made it five, I've been retired for five years. Yeah, you're doing well. And now I if I didn't live in Hawaii, I could do whatever I wanted to, kind of. But I live yeah. in Hawaii and I have a house, so I have to work mm-hmm. uh, as many jobs as possible.
0: Well, what made you want to stay in Hawaii then?
1: Well, my, uh, my dad passed away and he was here. My daughter passed away. Oh,
0: jeez. Uh, you do not know that? I did not know that. Oh, so yeah. So
1: my daughter passed away in 2014 from okay. cancer. and right. uh, She was 10. So she's buried here. Yeah. So and we've made a lot of friends and family mm. here, a lot of Ohana, so we're staying. Okay. Even though we can't afford it. Yeah. I mean we can't afford it, but we just you know.
0: And your wife works here at the university?
1: She works for the state volcanologist.
0: Oh oh, volcanoes. And that's cool. Does she do any has she done any research or work with uh, recent eruption? Uh
1: her boss has so okay. indirectly she has, okay. but she just um, she does a lot of stuff that mm-hmm. he wants. She's like a glorified secretary. Okay,
0: that's that's cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. And she uh, she does disaster, uh, de- disaster relief mm-hmm. or disaster preparedness for mm-hmm. uh, for volcanoes okay. to to prevent what building a house on a riff and stuff like that so mm-hmm. next time people think about that yeah. <laughs> it's not a good idea yeah. sorry for the people who, who did do that but uh, yeah. I kind of knew for the price of the house that they were getting mm-hmm. it might have been some kind of a chance mm-hmm.
0: yeah. mm. uh, so what's the comic scene like in Hawaii because I went to that one show You're right. uh, Square Barrels that was a lot of fun um, that, yeah that was my first time going to like a, a small kind comedy show. Mm-hmm. The only time I'd ever been to see a comedian before that was Brian Regan. And okay. He was at so big time. Blaisdell. Yeah. So that was my first experience seeing comedy live.
1: And and Brian Regan's is a, is a horrible start because he <laughs> all downhill from there. So,
0: yeah. yeah. Um, but I listen to, to comedy podcasts like um, You Made It Weird uh, with Pete Holmes. Um, I know Pete Holmes, but um, I don't know the podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's great to listen to. It's so fun. Um, and then um, Nerdist now ID10T with Chris Hardwick. okay um, I know Chris Hardwick. then he has he's had a lot of comedians on and, um, and Mark know. I, Mar- Mar- I don't know Chris Hardwick, yeah. but I know of Chris <laughs> Hardwick. Right. and Mark Maron WTF yeah. with Mark Maron um, so hearing their stories and stuff has been fascinating and then experiencing it for the first time um, at Square Barrels a few months ago uh, was, was really cool so um, what would you how would you what's your experience been like on the islands and you're a promoter too I am
1: yeah yeah. so, so we'll, we'll talk about the, the whole thing if you want we'll do the
0: whole kit caboodle okay yeah. so
1: I found that the comedy shows when I first came up mm-hmm. I've got still coming up but when I when I first started mm-hmm. uh, they would let people do whatever so I have a lot of older friends and um I don't know, friends that I wouldn't want to uh, bring to like a dive bar kind of thing, and mm. just kind of, you know, those mm. kind of people. Okay. Um, and I would invite them to the comedy shows when I first started, mm-hmm. and I would be very embarrassed about some of the things people did on stage oh. and what the promoters would let people do on stage. Okay. Uh, and like I said, I have an entrepreneurial spirit, so. Yeah. I decided that uh, I'm going to do my own show.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I didn't uh, start my own show, but uh, my business partner now, Jose Dynamite, who had a Friday show at O'Toole's downtown, mm-hmm. said, "Hey, they want me to do a Wednesday show. I like your comedy. I kind of like the way your head, you know, is, is put on correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you like to do this show with me? We'll be partners." And I I said, "Yeah, sure. Let's." And we both had uh, the same vision as far as what we want in a comedy show. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he started his Friday show, he said, I kind of want to do... He invited me to, to be on the, uh, uh, the first, uh, first one, and everything. he wanted it to be clean comedy. Mm-hmm. And that worked for a couple weeks, and then we invited this other guy on. And he wasn't clean, even mm-hmm. though we asked him to be. Mm-hmm. Or he asked him to be. It wasn't my show. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but he got a lot of laughs.
0: Why clean comedy, specifically?
1: I think it's the clientele that we were marketing to. Okay. We wanted people with money, we figured. Uh, uh, okay. and okay. And you're not gonna, if you do clean comedy, you're not gonna get the embarrassment that you would get from, just do whatever, mm-hmm. or, you know. So there's open mic, which is where it can, could be gross. Mm-hmm. And then there's featured shows, which are, you know, you kind of pick the comedians okay. to, to perform. And,
0: I'm sorry. Nope. That, embarrassing how? Like, they're just bombing or... No,
1: somebody pretend just, to masturbate up on stage mm-hmm. and they'd gesture and mm-hmm. they'd be right next to, you know, a 70-year-old for, friend of my mother's or something like that. Oh, uh, okay. And, yeah, that's you know, yeah. and, and that kind of... And you're in the back going, oh geez, so <laughs> I, I apologize and everything else. And then uh-huh. they'd come back and be like, that guy was gross. and mm-hmm. You know, people would... Uh, girls uh, would... You know, be talking about their vaginas and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Sure. So, I decided a long time ago I was going to do clean comedy. So, okay. so that's uh, kind of my niche. And okay. it's, it's helped me out along the way because it's not only clean, but I, I also like to think it's funny. So, it appeals to anybody who's looking for clean comedy mm-hmm. and who's looking to laugh. So, uh,
0: it definitely has more broad appeal. Right more yeah accessible. so it's
1: it's more accessible I yeah. have done kid friendly shows which is kids don't pay attention even if you're <laughs> clean it doesn't matter you could probably yeah. curse and they're on their phones not yeah. paying any attention to you anyway um, but so we started that sh- one show on Wednesday we grew it to mm-hmm. be pretty big mm-hmm. uh, I went to school at Argosy University which is downtown and we would go and have a beer at square railroads every once in once in a while and the, the owner found out that i did comedy and he uh, he asked if we do comedy at his spot i took a look at the room i wasn't too impressed with the room and how it was laid out so i said no he kept asking mm-hmm. um, we said okay we'll do it this is what we need and he goes okay 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 and we're like all right we'll give it a shot so we started last november and that's been a a huge hit. It's at Square Barrels on Thursday nights, mm. uh, downtown. It's got... A, so my Wednesday show has... It's really easy to find, mm. but it has horrible parking. Ah. My Thursday show it has great parking, but it's mm. really hard to find. Yes. So that's uh, that's kind of a pain. And then just recently in April, we started a show on Tuesday, mm. which is just an open mic. Okay. So we... Like I said, I, I didn't really, I don't really like open mics mm-hmm. because you're asking for anything. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to limit the comedians' ability to express themselves. I guess is would be the politically correct way of putting it. Mm-hmm. But we've had to stop comedians from doing stuff, or really, like in the middle of their, yeah, eyes. like taking, start taking the clothes off oh, or something, wow. and uh, like. <laughs> got to yell from the back of the room and uh, or they'll get off stage and you're like no you can't pretend the, you know we don't want a cucumber on stage and you're pretending it's a, a dildo or something like that mm-hmm. you're putting a condom on it that's just that's not the kind of comedy we want here okay. so we we've, we've had to stop a couple of, we've lost a few comedians because mm-hmm. of that we also don't like when uh, comedians come up and do somebody else's material that's oh, okay. kind of a huge no-no in the scene but um, yeah, pleasure. It is. It's, it's plagiarism, uh, which you can do a song like that, but you can't do... You can do comedy like that. I think it's the same type of thing. You can cover a comedian, but yeah, you can't cover a comedian.
0: Well, I feel like if you're like just starting out and kind of finding your voice, sometimes you might unintentionally do it, but there comes a point where it's like blatant theft.
1: There's blatant theft. There's different... Uh, when you listen to a comedian for so long... Mm-hmm. You'll pick up their rhythm, you'll mm-hmm. pick up yeah. you, maybe even their voice or yeah. something like that. But that that's an unintentional thing, like mm-hmm. you were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and we try and beat that out of the comedians. like, hey, do you like Norm MacDonald? Oh, I love Norm MacDonald. <laughs> I know you do because you sound just like Norm MacDonald. Let me show you this YouTube video right. from 93. <laughs> right. So, and I, um, we, we pay very close attention to that because mm-hmm. we don't want... Standards. Yeah. We don't want the right. We don't, we don't want the audience leaving with a bad taste in their mouth. Mm. I would rather have a bad comedian than mm. somebody who's ripping somebody else off. Mm. There's so much comedy out there, though. It's probably pretty easy to to Carlos Mencia. Well, yeah. Everything. Mm-hmm. Um, he admits that he steals stuff now, so it's
0: yeah, not a big deal. And, and yeah, comedy is so ubiquitous and prevalent that you can't help but notice at the very least, influences on on someone's material.
1: Yeah, there's always somebody else's voice in your voice. Yeah. And that's just the way... It's life. That's just life. And everything's... There's nothing original. Yeah, exactly. So they say.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, you took the initiative and you decided to improve the situation by becoming a promoter. And... I'm sorry, did you say when you started doing that, exactly? Promoting?
1: Oh, I think we've been doing our Wednesday show... January was our 4th year anniversary. Oh wow. So this January will be our fifth
0: awesome 5th year. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. And and it's it, growing. That's that's what I was going to ask. Yeah,
1: and it's growing. We so the the three different types of shows we do. Mm-hmm. So if you're a comedian, mm-hmm. all right, let's say you want to start doing stand up. Mm-hmm. Our Wednesday show, we would invite you to come watch our Wednesday show. And it's a feature show, so Mm -hmm. all the comedians get um, about 10 to 15 minutes, depending on what they're comfortable with, sometimes up to 20. Wow. And that's kind of the last step in our Comedy U journey is that, unless we have like a headlining show. Mm -hmm. But about 15 to 20 minutes is good for a feature. Mm -hmm. After that, we have uh, at 10 o'clock, we have open mic. Oh, okay. And we boiled it down to where all the comedians there get three minutes mm-hmm. and that we, we have about 20 comedians that come in and do it so that's you know another hour so that's that's why that's another hour if the host mm-hmm. doesn't say a word mm-hmm. uh, which when I host I try not to say a word because mm-hmm. everybody wants to go to sleep <laughs> so we, we get through that uh, so you get your three minutes and um, that could be a very long three minutes and that could be a very short three minutes depending on how, how long you've been doing comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, so after that three minutes, you would go to our Tuesday show, or I mean, you could do all of them at the same time, at least the open mics. So our Tuesday show, you get seven minutes of open mic comedy. Okay. So once you get through three minutes, you get another three minutes, practice that, and then you try and do, uh, stretch it to seven minutes on Tuesday night. And then once we find out that you're an up-and-comer or you you got good stuff, sometimes it takes people months. Sometimes I haven't booked somebody who's been doing comedy for years just because they're not funny. So uh, once they get booked on that, then we will have them open up at our Wednesday show, which Mm -hmm. they'll give five minutes of uh, right before the feature show, big crowds, uh, and then, if they do well there, I will, I will invite them to our Thursday show where they do seven minutes. And then, if they do well there, then they come do the 10 to 20 minutes at, at Anna's. And that's the that's cycle.
0: That's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Peek behind the scenes. Yeah. And I noticed when, well, we first met on the set of Potluck with Smooch. Yeah. Well, I was doing some behind the scenes stuff for Diamond. Um, and I just assumed you're an actor. I didn't realize you were also into all this because, of course, we never. This is the first time sitting down and talking, mm-hmm. of course, <laughs> um, outside of like some Facebook uh, chats. But um, so, yeah, how does how do when did you start doing the acting thing, and how does that play into your comedic aspirations?
1: I, I, it's almost the other way around. Oh, is uh, my comedic aspirations are. Possibly a shortcut to acting. Okay. Um, but I, uh, with my family, we all signed up for Godzilla. Ah. Uh, they were looking for military families. So uh-huh. we all signed up and we all got in. Um, I got uh, a scene as a background actor on the plane um, when going going back to Hawaii. They were like, all right, we're gearing up to go back to Hawaii. And we all got up and started moving. I was on, I was totally off camera. And uh, the military advisor was like, hey, and he looks at me and he goes, hey, why don't you get up and move from here to here? Um, So I ended up moving, he moved me into the scene. So that was pretty cool. I mean, I'm I'm this big and I'm way back and I'm blurry, but you know, it's me. Um, So, I did that. I enjoyed it. I like talking with people and just, uh, you know, just small talk. Uh, My family got a scene with the welcome home. They filled the hangar full of families and uh, the main character was supposed to get off and, and see his family again and we shot that thing all day and my son was laying on the floor almost crying by the end and my daughter who was... I don't know if she was in a wheelchair at the time or whatever, but uh, uh, everybody was sick and tired of being there. By, mm-hmm. by the time, except for me, I was kind of still having fun. But, yeah. uh, but we had this balloon mm-hmm. that they gave us for the Welcome Home, and we thought, because uh, we knew my daughter was dying at the time, mm-hmm. and we thought, you know, this if we see this balloon, if we can't see us, we can at least see this balloon, and we can be like, oh, there we are, and we can use that, you know, and be around forever. Yeah. But they cut the whole thing. We're watching yeah. the movie. and do like, remember that scene. Yeah, we're watching the movie and they, they, <laughs> oh, geez. the guy looks at, the Sergeant Major looks at the guy and he goes, you ready to go home? And we're like, oh, this is it. Mm-hmm. And the guy goes, yeah, I'm ready to go home. And then they cut right to his house. And we're like, oh man, that was Jeez. 300 people or whatever mm-hmm. for a whole day. Yeah. God, these people got money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing it away, cutting room floor. So, um, mm-hmm. So then I signed up to do King Kong, I think. Yeah, was that kind of I remember you, you uh, talk about that. Oh, I think I signed up for Aloha. Oh,
0: okay. So I
1: signed up for Aloha. I got the welcome back. I do a lot of welcome backs. Um, the welcome cool. home when uh, Bradley Cooper comes in, and they have the uh, the opening of they were opening up something. they um, mm-hmm. cutting the ribbon on something. Yeah, and. Uh, I told the lady, who was a British lady who was working casting, I said, I'm a Marine. Mm. And she goes, would a Marine be at a naval base uh, opening? And I Mm. said, yeah. So they hired me. The day before, I got an email saying, hey, if you bring your camis or your... BTUs or whatever, mm-hmm. we'll pay you extra. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm a Marine, do you want me to bring mine? And they were like, w- that, sent me back an email, we don't need Marines, why are you? And I was like, you gotta be kidding me, I was retired at the time. Uh-huh. And uh, I called them up, and I said, hey, what's, what's going on? I just got my uniforms done, which I you know, I had to pay for, I got my hair cut, which I didn't need to do, mm-hmm. I took off of work, which I can't go back to work now, mm-hmm. I think that was a lie. But uh, I was like, you know, what?" What are you doing here? I was mm-hmm. like, can you use me in other, any other capacity? Mm-hmm. And uh, they said, hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. And they uh, we finally worked out that they were just going to pay me. Okay. So they were going to pay me for two days for doing nothing. Hey. Were, so I, I went to the casting office, mm-hmm. and I talked to the lady there, and she was like, uh, she introduced me to the casting director, who looked at me and uh, looked me up and down and goes, oh, you know, follow me, and you follow me too. So he took me in the office. and he said, What are you doing tomorrow? And I said nothing. I'm planning on being on set. Yes. And he goes, Oh, good. You're going to be Bradley Cooper's uh, photo double.
0: I was going to say you could have been his like stand-in
1: yeah. or photo double or something. Yeah. So I did. That's I, awesome. and I ended up being uh, the male photo double. So okay. John Krasinski is like six foot five or whatever. Yeah. He's a huge guy. I was I stood in for him. So basically, I just tried on clothes. Uh, they okay. Took, they took uh, the delighting and everything like that, and that's I awesome. I would do that for each one of the guys and okay. their uniforms, wow. and that's what I did all day. I ate fantastic food no, no. and craft uh, service because it was no just joke. me. It was me, the the it was me the uh, the crew, mm-hmm. and then the the stars. Wow. And we were in, in and out of there all day. Awesome. And um, but crafty is awesome, mm-hmm. but this was above and I mean this was for all the stars so it was just it was lobster and uh steak and just whatever food that you would want it was there two tables worth you know a half a table of desserts most of it went wasted and you know at the end because there wasn't too many of us but it was a it was great and that was a lot of fun did you get to meet any of the stars? I met all of them except for Bradley Cooper and the two girls, Oh, okay. which were the ones. They were still doing another thing, and they uh, were yeah. like, "I oh, we don't need you anymore, and mm-hmm. they wrapped me. Um, and then I went out for Skull Island mm-hmm. and uh, got a part as a military guy mm-hmm. and kind of uh, just worked my way. I didn't work my way, but I guess they liked my look, mm-hmm. so they kept moving me, you know, they kept... Pulling us down and down and down, and finally yeah. I got a featured scene where, uh, you know, it was just me and one of the stars pretending like we we're in a crash. So I was the nice. co-pilot of the um, sea stallion That's on the awesome. show. So, cool. Yeah, no speaking lines. But you know, it was a so lot
0: of fun. When crash, you get to go. Bleh. Yeah. Or do, or yeah. The loop but the, I didn't get to.
1: I didn't get to make any noise. Oh, okay. I did, but. <laughs> Actually, I was silent because I, I was talking. He was talking to me, mm-hmm. which he had mine. So he was talking to me and I was like, like talking back to him and then they were like, all right, cut. Go <laughs> take a break and then the director came up and he was like, hey, you can't talk. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm sorry, he was talking to me. I yeah. was just talking back. He was uh, like, no, no, uh, you can't okay. talk. So I was like, okay. You in the scenery
0: Pat. <laughs> yeah, I tried. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So that would have been Samuel L. Jackson then? I haven't actually seen the whole thing.
1: But- uh, uh He's so he's guy. in it, but he wasn't the, so Kobe, uh, K- Toby Keeble okay. was, um, so he was, uh, he was in Fantastic Four. He's in a lot of movies. He's mm-hmm. never the star of the movie. He's okay. always like the second character. He was in Ben-Hur as the general. Mm-hmm. He was, he was, uh, the monkey in, um, Planet of the Apes. Oh,
0: okay.
1: So he's, he's been in a lot of things. Just sure. Yeah. Cool. That's
0: awesome. So so acting is the main thing, and comedy is for fun. Well, I'm, I mean, you're never gonna fun, you're never I've...
1: gonna do anything in Hawaii as far as comedy goes. Oh, okay. Unless you're local, mm-hmm. like if you're a local brother, like mm-hmm. Augie T or um, uh, I can't think of any of the other ones, but. I don't do any local. I don't do any local stuff, so mm-hmm. I'm never gonna get to, you know. And I'm just not. I'm not funny enough to get to that level. I, I don't have the dedication to it. Okay. I don't. I don't write as much as I should. Mm-hmm. I don't practice as much as I should. I got a family, and mm-hmm. you know things take care of jobs. Yeah. So I'm not. I'm, I don't have any aspirations to to get that mm-hmm. to that level. But that since I do a lot of filming here. Mm-hmm. Work my way into, which I kind of that's that's how I got public with Smooch. Well, oh, I met Diamond yeah. mm-hmm. at the uh, met Diamond at the casting call, oh. and at that casting call, they said, "Hey, if anybody's got any special abilities or if they want to do something, uh, come on up here and do it." And I did like five minutes worth of stand-up. Nice. Uh, he remembered that, mm-hmm. and uh, we we did some standing in together, mm-hmm. uh, and he was John Goodman's. Oh yeah. Uh, Heard that too. Yeah. And uh, so we did some standing in together. And then afterwards, he called me up and he's like, hey, I'm doing the script. I want somebody to punch it up. Mm-hmm. Would you be interested? So first, he just brought me on as a writer. Okay. And then uh, I got put in as a drunk later on. That's awesome. MC, the MC. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Cool.
0: Uh, what are you working on now these
1: days? I'm trying to get into this show called Return to Life, uh, whenever that.
0: Yeah? That sounds <laughs> dumb. That's a dumb name. What could that be about? It's a great name. it looks, It's a
1: fantastic project. Um, I want you in. Yeah.
0: We're, we're, we're going to try to shop talk yeah. here, but we're going to try to shoot in March, February, oh, okay. March, April. Shoot some more. So, yeah. That's great. Give me in
1: touch. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> it's here, live, recorded.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: for everybody to hear. I want everyone
0: to be in it. That's the thing. There but. you go. I mean see like, how that happens getting everybody so now everybody. I'm just everybody. one of everybody you too for yeah. five dollars or more a month can be listed in the credits yeah, yeah. Well,
1: <laughs> podcast credits <coughs>
0: yes yes um
1: no it's uh that, that looks fantastic that's kind of the genre that I enjoy oh
0: no kidding
1: yeah not so much the science it, is it what would you consider it, fantasy or it's sci-fi lens. I,
0: I commonly pitch to folks as a post-apocalyptic sci-fi fantasy. Okay. So, I like it. That sounds <laughs> good. Like Mad Max by way of Narnia with The Walking Dead.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like the uh I like, like it all.
0: Walking Dead isn't super accurate. It's more like cuz you know, Walking Dead is the walkers and they're slow, but these these creatures are more like the 28 Days Later.
1: Uh, okay. The zombies. Ooh.
0: But I don't feel like I don't know if people. Would, I don't know if that would resonate with as many people because that's that's kind of older. Everyone knows The Walking Dead, right? But uh, or The Dawn of the Dead zombies even because that was the first movie where they had running zombies, wasn't it?
1: Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, the remake
0: in two thousand. I don't. One. I think I've heard know. that. I don't want.
1: I don't watch a lot of shows that end with dead. Oh yeah. Yeah. The Walking Dead. I, I start, stopped watching that because I, mm-hmm. It started getting. Like, they started making the zombies more, like, uh, at first they just kill them, but then oh, okay. then they started, like, I'll tell you how gross we can make this, uh, pop their eye out and make uh-huh. squishing noises, and, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I, like, I think I watched stuff through the first three seasons, and then quit. I think that's... That's depressing. Yeah. It's kind of depressing. Yeah. Um, I love Shaun of the Dead, the film. I don't know if I know. Is oh. that a B movie? No, um, it, you know Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. No, uh, uh, it's a British movie. It came out in two thousand, mid two thousands. I want to say. I know Sean the Sheep. There's Shaun the Sheep. Yes, it's not. The He's same. delightful, but no, not the same. Okay. You should check it out. It's hilarious. Shaun of the Dead. Oh, no. it's hilarious. Yes, okay. yeah, it's a romantic comedy with zombies. Is the all right unofficial uh, or official? byline or whatever but uh, yeah it's great what
1: were the uh, what were the movies Evil Dead Evil yes yes I like the Evil Dead Uh, those
0: were were good classic yeah Evil Dead 2 yeah I didn't get into horror I I was always intrigued by horror when I was a kid but I was never allowed to watch it okay grew up uh, kind of not fundamentalist but evangelical conservative Christian home and me too Smurfs were considered evil but oh. we're not allowed to watch Smurfs because of Gargamel's magic. Yet, at another friend's house, we we watched it anyway. And it Rattled. was... Uh Yes. It was actually that family of the Marine veteran who suggested I get into the military. That's how far the roots go back okay. with that family. Uh, and the mom was kind of the mother figure for, for my sister and I. But yeah, over there we got to watch Smurfs, Care Bears, other all, stuff. All the crazy... Yeah. Crazy the, stuff. Corruption of the youth. And thanks to that mother called Mama J uh, we were able to go trick or treating on Halloween because mom bless her heart thought that Halloween was a celebration of the devil and whatnot. and Mama J was like no it's fun I didn't want to dress up and get candy so yeah my mom was kind of the same way oh, Okay, so we
1: were Catholic but she was like mm-hmm. a born again Christian so okay. she would speak in tongues Ooh. Ooh. She was uh, and Looking back at some of the lyrics that she was upset about, like, I guess it was that's generational. Because sure. I remember the Beatles used to be like a. Okay. I don't remember the Beatles being crazy, but I remember stories that Corrupted people the, couldn't yes. couldn't listen to the Beatles because mm-hmm. of them. And you know, I listen to Motley Crue now, and I'm like,
0: mm. really? <laughs> yeah. Are they the ones that did "Shout at the Devil"? Yeah, they did. Okay, that's like
1: the only song that even uh, yeah, remotely threatening
0: but uh, yeah there was that whole thing in the 80s about um, hell's bells um, rock and roll like the, the throwing up the sign of the devil yeah 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 um, that kind of thing big uh, Satan fear
1: so we we had um, we had tight pants like they have now okay. back in the 80s yes and um, <laughs> well now they're skinny jeans skinny jeans but tight yes. pants skinny jeans but uh, I took it we took a family portrait and I put my hand in my pocket, but the only thing that would fit in my pocket were two fingers. So <laughs> I put the two middle fingers in there, and it was okay. totally uh, subconscious. Sure. And, uh, no point behind it or whatever. So it looked like the, the sign of the devil, uh-huh. even though it was more like a... I love you in
0: sign language. That's not all, I love you in sign language, because my thumb was sticking out. Uh-huh. But
1: when they got the pictures back, my mom was so upset because yeah. she thought I was throwing devil signs or anything oh, yeah. like that. And I'm like, ah, you know what, I'm not even that smart to leave subliminal <laughs> that's messages that's for nice. people. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, um, my sister got the brunt of the uh, discipline, I guess, in that regard. Because she, you know, she's four years older than me, so she was into rock and whatever. And I remember my mom confiscating her Def Leppard oh, no. cassettes and stuff, and they had shouting matches or right whatever. And I was like, oh, I'm just over here listening to oldies." And she,
1: yeah, no sugar being poured on her.
0: No sir. Uh, but then things lightened up eventually, and I just started thinking for myself. <laughs> at <some point>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. So, um, so where do you fall on that now? Do you still go to church or do you still leave pray or
1: I don't go to church. Mm. Uh I don't we pray mm-hmm. at night with my son and mm-hmm. that uh, but we say prayers mm-hmm. and we sing songs and that's, that's about nice. it. Yeah, and that's more of a spending time with my son or that yeah. is.
0: Anything else. What do you like do you do you still what do you believe, if you don't mind? Just blatant. I don't know how to settle your nope, graceful basket? Nope. Uh,
1: <laughs> I believe that you die.
0: Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can dig it. Maybe
1: become a flower if you're lucky or sure. you know, help a flower grow.
0: Uh, have you heard about the thing where you can be planted in this kind of pod thing and grow into grow a tree, a tree. Yeah. yes.
1: Maybe that's a great idea.
0: Yeah. Maybe that's how the ends evolved in Lord of the Rings. Could be. Yeah. You have to be a big, big person. <laughs> yes.
1: But no, I don't even think that.
0: Okay. So that's it. It just it lights out and lives a good life.
1: Yep. Let, well, let, let other people take care of
0: uh, what comes after. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's been something I've... I talk about it a lot on the episodes. I'm trying to think of new ways to talk about it, but... Um, so, I went through a cycle like, you know, um, in like my first like, spiritual experience in high school where I, like, you know, felt the love of Jesus and all that, and then went through the whole thing about uh, legalism and trying to be a good person versus being accepted as a good person. Just being fine with being who I was. Hmm. And that went over, has run its course over the last, geez, 20 years or so. Um, and then I took an anthropology course. Well, actually, like, what really, like...
1: Is that uh, program?
0: Jam? <laughs> um, I don't get it, but I know the band. Okay. That's <laughs> one of their album titles. Oh, Anthropology? I think so. Oh, okay, and there's a boutique, Anthropologie, that my wife likes to shop at sometimes. Very expensive. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. Portuguese shop?
0: Uh, <laughs> into Portuguese. Couldn't tell you. No. Nope. Ah! Yes. Yeah, some local stuff. Yeah. Um, Anyway, what was I saying? Uh, There's a point to this. I ended up taking an anthropology course. And it, it, it was at the point where I would started to accept evolution. And, and, you know, it wasn't like I ever rejected it in high school, of course. You're like, it's just a theory, you know, intelligent design, yada, yada, yada. Because uh, that's when I was really in full-on Jesus on fire mode. And then started falling off in college because I got out of that environment. And then it's been up and down, up and down. And... Um, this is the first time I actually took a dedicated class like this in, in, an, in an open mind type mm-hmm. setting. And just learning about the, the fossil record, um, what scientists know, what they don't know, what they're willing to say they don't know, but they think this is what happened. Mm-hmm. It's just like, wow, okay. And that is when totally like um, materialist, is that the word? But um, trying to try, like, you know, kind of like realistic. realistic. Realistic, yeah. <laughs> like, like this is it, like it's, like, it's just a, a belief system that we came up with and all that. And, you know, and, and I've come back around where, you know, I've had experiences and I don't want to just totally discount them. Mm-hmm. Um, even if they were, even if, you know, even if it is all just chemicals in our brain, you know. Okay, that's cool. Um, I still like to think there is something more, you know? And that that's, that's just me. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say right. anyone should believe that. Like I, I think whatever as long as you're not into impeding on someone else's life yep. or in in any way you know like saying you ought to or you know forcefully making people do stuff you know that's you no. Know. But um, yeah I I don't know. I don't know.
1: I mean, whatever I think whatever makes it so that you're a good person. Yeah. If you need religion to tell you that mm-hmm. you "Thou shalt not kill," mm-hmm. and you're worried that you'll go to hell, if, mm-hmm. if that's fine. If you're, if you don't need that, mm-hmm. that's fine. If uh, and if God, if there was a God mm-hmm. or whoever, and you go to heaven and he says, "You know what? You didn't pray to me, yeah. so I'm not going to let you up here, mm-hmm. even though you lived a, a good life and you were kind to other people and mm-hmm. you, you know." Followed the commandments even though he didn't do it in my name, right? You know, then maybe uh, I don't want to be up there. That's kind of BS, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Because there's
1: lots of people who go to church every week mm-hmm. and don't follow any of this, thing, yeah, you know.
0: and rape kids, yeah yeah yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Let's go right there, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> to rape kids. it's this topic, but it's true,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, um, not to be inappropriate, but um, yeah, um. Shoot, that was, got to follow up with. Um, what, so you, you prefer clean comedy. That's your niche. For me. For you, yeah. What's your opinion on, like, are there taboo topics for no. comedy? You don't think so? Anything that's not funny. Mm. So
1: if if it's funny, mm-hmm. then it's not taboo. Mm. mm. So, I comedy is so subjective. So, as a promoter, mm-hmm. I have found the best way for me to find out if a comedian is good or not mm-hmm. is not to listen to them. Oh. So I, so the room that you were in, Square Barrels. You know, there's a bar side of the room, and there's a we do a comedy in a like the dining area. Mm-hmm. I go into the bar area, okay. and I don't listen to the comedians at all. And I listen to the audience, oh. so I don't. So the comedian comes out. Oh, hey, did you did you hear my set? I had a great set. I said, Yeah, a lot of people laughed, mm-hmm. or I didn't hear anybody laughing. A lot of people, a lot of comedians uh, think they have a good set, but nobody laughs. Yeah, they might have had the flow. They might have might have felt really good, but nobody laughed. That's yeah. not a good set. Uh-huh. We're not here to make you feel better. Right. So um. Um, I, I make myself little notes about how, how the audience laughed. Mm-hmm. It it. it takes away from me trying to uh, i don't if i wanted to help a comedian and listen to their set maybe had in some ideas that i have which mm-hmm. they may or may not uh care about but uh, i can't do that because i don't listen to their sets mm-hmm. so i'm just back here and uh and that just helps me book the comedians. Because okay. I found lots of comedians that I didn't think were funny at all, mm-hmm. but the audience did. Mm. So man, I'm just a jerk. <laughs> so, I, so to put on my promoter hat, mm-hmm. I want to do what's best for the audience. So mm-hmm. I don't listen to the comedians at all. I just listen to the laughter. And if they get good laughs, I'll invite them back. If they don't get good laughs, I'll talk to them and be like, that wasn't, you know. What what did you do differently? Because mm-hmm. I've heard you get laughs before. That's why I booked you. Oh, I tried some new things. Don't do that. Uh, I don't. I didn't book you to try new things. I booked you because you made the audience laugh and something else you did. Go back to that. Okay. And we'll we'll let you try again because mm-hmm. you got no laughs this time. If you get no laughs next time, oh, okay. um, I won't. I mean, yeah.
0: Any it's, the seats?
1: it's a. I am a. I think a fair, but. Um, Kind of a strict promoter. Mm. I don't, I don't book people because they're my friends. Yeah. Even though I have, you know, friends in the scene, but if you're not mm-hmm. funny, I've always been that way. Like mm-hmm. I play volleyball, mm-hmm. and if I have a volleyball team, my best friend could be on the team. But if we're losing because mm-hmm. they keep screwing up, off you go. Mm-hmm. And I'll do the same thing to myself. I can, I'm, can self-evaluate enough that if uh, if I'm not feeling funny that day or whatever if okay. I have a couple bad sets I'll have to go back to the drawing board and find out you know mm-hmm. what I can do differently yeah
0: well that's great because um, it is a business if you're just doing it for fun it's a business then yeah. that stuff wouldn't matter it's but, a small business yeah. but
1: it's eventually going to be a bigger business okay. Yeah, maybe full time right it's the goal
0: yeah man um, I mean Steve Martin was a jerk and it worked out for him Movie, the jerk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was he a jerk though? Uh, I don't know.
1: There's a lot of comedians that are jerks.
0: Yeah. Well, w- your thing, your story about talking to your detailer, monitor, uh, mm-hmm. just saying hi, you know, that demonstrates the principle that kindness goes a long way. And whether or not you were genuine, I'm not saying, you know, I, I believe you were, but it's also, it's just a way of getting things done, being a decent human being to someone else um whether you know regardless of if a person is genuine or not at least you make that person feel good and you're improving their life and then in return uh that karma comes back to you
1: that's that's I always hope karma comes back and I that's what I always think is that mm-hmm. what goes around comes around kind of thing mm-hmm. there's, there's a reason why that's said so many times is because mm-hmm. it's kind of kind of true yeah I've lived kind of <laughs> I've had my uh you know crappy experiences in my life but mm-hmm. um I always think that there's a positive that comes out of anything. Absolutely. Um, what was I gonna
0: say, what was I gonna say? Excelsior silver lining.
1: Oh, one of the things that I need to work on that I know I need to work on, and I always have, like I said earlier, I have a horrible memory, mm-hmm. is um, people's names. Ah. Do you find that the older you get, the harder it is to remember people's names? You know,
0: John, um, it is something I've had to work on a little bit. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah no problem you I never had a problem with you. <laughs> what was
0: my name? John. Yes. <laughs> so, two Johns. Yes. A couple Johns here, yeah. jacking their jaws.
1: No, honestly, yeah. uh, <laughs> it's, it's, the best way to alleviate that is to say the person's name, I guess, what yeah. you talked them. Mm-hmm. Three times. Yeah. Three, three times. For me, it takes more than three times because... I'll say their name three times and then mm-hmm. 10 minutes later I'll forget their name. Yeah.
0: And, uh, it's more... Um, I don't know what it is. It's kind of... I remember more of the experience than I do names, you know? I'm
1: good with faces.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I know you.
1: <laughs> man. <laughs> I'm a lady. Oh, ma'am.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, man, I have a joke about that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean... And I think if you fess up to it, you're just like, you know, it's like, hey, we had a great time, but I'm so sorry. I just can't remember your I've name.
1: I've decided I have no shame anymore. Absolutely. That's, that's what I do.
0: There's no point, you know, just just be straight up with people. And, yeah. yeah, honesty and kindness, gratitude, I think, yeah. are like three of the leading things for success in life.
1: I, I have now what I do is I don't necessarily fess up to it, mm. but... I will go as far as I don't expect anybody to remember my name. Mm. So even if I remember, they'll go, hey, how's it going? Mm. Patrick, just yeah. in case, you know. You know. Mm. So I'll be like, yeah, Patrick. And they'll like, I know you, Patrick. And I'll be like, <laughs> yeah, but I forgot your name. Nah. <laughs> so I want to do,
0: yes. <laughs> just in
1: case you forgot my name, sure. put it out there. Yeah, that's to me, it's embarrassing, but it's just something you have to. And it's embarrassing when you do it twice. <laughs> yeah. You're like ah, Patrick, and then like the next time you see him, you're like, man.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I, now I should
1: definitely know your name because it's been six years.
0: <laughs> yeah. A few episodes <laughs> back, Ted Danson was on WTF with Mark Maron. Oh, I
1: thought you were gonna say Return of Life. Oh
0: no, <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Um, He he, like the way he deals with it is he just has this thing for people, just like, hey. You know, and that's just how he deals with it. Then, if you get the hey, then at least you know you get acknowledgment. But yeah, my wife,
1: my wife it. calls everybody uh, when we're talking about somebody, and she can't remember their name. She calls everybody Thingo. Oh, Thingo. Yeah.
0: Nice. <laughs> that's their name. Right on. Well, we're coming up on uh, just across the hour threshold. Uh, twenty Didn't minutes. not seem
1: to like that long. Noon. Yeah, I know. Once
0: some things get going. It's twenty minutes to noon. Twenty minutes to noon. Yeah, I should probably get going. Yeah, yeah. but. Uh, before we go, is there anything you want to put out there, anything you want to promote? Anything? Oh, uh,
1: so tonight, uh, I don't normally go to my Tuesday show at On Stage, but tonight we're having a, this isn't going to be ready for tonight, is this it? This is going out next Wednesday. <laughs> Last Tuesday, I was at this, uh, no, so uh, we have three comedy shows that we would love uh, for the millions of you to uh Come out too. Uh, Tens of people
0: who listen. to this You know
1: what? A <laughs> <laughs> bad attitude. We're working yeah. on it. John, you got to work on your
0: attitude. All right, Leonard. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so Tuesday night at On Stage, Wednesday night at Anna O'Brien's, and then Thursday night at Square Girls. Uh Comedy. You can go to comedyu.hawaii.com and check that out. Um, you might, uh, if you're listening to this in a few years, you can see me on Return to Life hey. and uh, or Potluck with Smooch. Yeah. And um, why not both? Or a bunch of other things. Why not Zoidberg? Yeah. Well, you can't watch both at once.
0: At that point, you have two eyes.
1: You can only focus on one thing. At time. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. Yes. anyway, that's it. <laughs> going yes. down another yes, yeah. I was not one thing. Say well th- that. And thank you very much for having me on
0: today. Of course. Yeah, thank you for doing it. Yeah. Really appreciate it. And I'd awesome. just like to end the podcast by saying, be true. Do you concur? Oh, I <laughs> you were ending the
1: podcast by saying that. Uh, well, I,
0: I, I don't know. Um, would, would, would you end the podcast by saying this? Word? Oh, be true. I will. Thank you.
1: Now you ended it with right on. Thank <laughs> <laughs>